Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked On Canadians, it's all mock drafts all the time. I've got three mock drafts for you that I did this morning. We're going to get into those, why I picked the players I did, and more inside today's show. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 801 of Locked on Canadians. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every single day, wherever you get your podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much for subscribing. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. We appreciate every single one of you, and thank you for helping make the first 800 episodes of the show amazing. Let's have a great however many hundreds of more there are ahead of us. I am your host, I am Scott Matla, and today, the big thing is we are doing mock drafts, and now that I'm recording this episode in the afternoon on Wednesday, all hell will probably break loose around the Montreal Canadiens fandom and such, but I wanted to focus solely on draft stuff today, because there's been a lot of panic, I I guess is the way to phrase it around the fan base this week. A lot of people worrying about what's going to be next in the draft here. Are they going to pick for size? Are they going to pick small guys? Are they going to pick risk guys? Are they going to pick surefire, low ceiling, high floor guys? No one knows currently. It is March. The final boards aren't set outside of Connor Bedard at number one. And you would think Adam Fentilli, surefire number two, not based on the mock drafts that I did. So I'm going to break this down pretty simply here. I did three draft picks on FC Hockey. The mock draft simulator they have is linked in the show description. I did three rounds because beyond that, rankings aren't fully settled in yet. And quite frankly, I am not a prospect expert. And it's around the third round that names that I am familiar with start to slide off the boards here. And in this episode, we're going to break it down pretty simply. This segment here is going to be round one. Next segment is going to be round two in the picks from that. And the final segment is going to be round three and the picks made in that. And I can show you I have the actual mock drafts that I did with the four picks that would be in those rounds for the Canadians. And jumping into round one here in the first draft that I did, which you will see up on the on the screen here. Now, if you're not watching on you, if you aren't watching on YouTube, I will explain in a second here. But in the first mock draft I did, I had a choice at seventh overall because they have not fully updated that yet to the Canadians being sixth in the lottery. And I picked Braden Yeager. And then at the next pick, I picked Oliver Moore. Two players, uh, I think, that help fill the need down the center here. Yeager's having a really good year, 70 points in 61 games for the Moose Jaw Warriors. And Oliver Moore, playing for the U.S. National Program, has 58 points in 46 games for the under-18 team. And in 16 UHL games with their junior team there, he has 19 points is going to the University of Minnesota last year. And I got to say, if you're looking for a future down the middle here, right now you have Nick Suzuki and you have Kirby Doc. We know uh, 
coming in the relative near future. There's also going to be Owen Beck. You want to continue to bolster that center core. Because here's the thing is you can never have too many centers because you can convert centers to the wing. You can't always convert a, a wing to the center. And I like having that versatility here. And I'm sure people will tell me, why didn't you pick this guy? Why didn't you pick this guy? In round one of the three drafts I ran, Connor Bedard went first overall. Adam Fantilli did not always go second overall. It was Leo Carlson. Sometimes it was Mitchkov. Everything can change here. And then in the second draft I did in the first round, which is up on the board now, I went a little off board here. I went Dalibor Dvorsky, and then I picked Braden Yeager again. And my reason beyond that is I think Dvorsky is one of those guys they're going to pick. I really, truly do. Just because, And the thing is, we've talked with Sebastian High, and we've talked with Tony Ferrari, and we've talked with Hattie Kalakesh. We have talked with a lot of people about Dalibor Dvorsky. He is not the highest upside pick, but he seems like a lock to be an NHL player there, whether that be on the wing or at center right now, playing in, I believe he is in the Swedish League right now. He is Slovakian, and I'm wondering if they're not going to lean towards that. Did they get a look at you know what he did when they were scouting Slavkovsky and Meshar last year? And as for Jaeger, Jaeger just made sense. He was available at that other pick, which I can put up on the board here again. He was available again. And it made all the sense in the world to pick him because Dvorsky might not have the highest ceiling, but Braden Jaeger behind that gives you two really good options down the middle in the future here. And then in the third draft here in the first round, I went Will Smith, who is becoming one of my draft crushes. And one player who is not at 12th overall, I picked Colby Barlow and the thing about Colby Barlow is very simple he is very very good at scoring goals obscenely good at scoring goals and I'm gonna actually look up his stats here in the background right now I apologize for that but if there's one thing I know is that he's just a workhorse he just grinds out goals he has 44 goals in 55 games played for the Owen sound attack. And if there's a team that, you know, have fans and paying attention to he's line mates with Cedric Guindon playing for the attack. He is their team captain in his second season. He had 30 goals in 59 games last year, 44. He's on pace to top 50 goals this year. And he doesn't always have the flash and the sizzle, but he just makes goals happen. And there's something to be said about that, where you want to take a surefire bet. Colby Barlow seems like the kind of guy that the Montreal Canadiens would take with their second first round pick, the pick they're getting from Florida. And I understand it. Do I want him at six or top, you know, let's say they finish sixth in the lottery or fifth in the lottery. No. If they take a swing there though, they go for an Edward Shala or a Dvorsky or something else or a Will Smith, get someone who's going to also generate a surefire points. And the thing is he doesn't take a lot of penalties in 55 games. He has 29 penalty minutes, despite being a guy who plays a ton, he stays out of the box and he scores goals. And that's important. I am very curious what Colby Barlow's ceiling is. And we'll have Tony Ferrari on, and we will have other people who watch a lot more of the OHL on in the near future, because quite frankly, it's important to get their opinion on this because they are the experts. I am not. So I, um, if, I, if you want to run this draft simulator, like I said, it is linked down below at FC Hockey. Every time I ran it, the top six picks always came out something different outside of Connor Bedard. 
And I think that's the point I'm trying to drive home here is that things are going to change very rapidly when the draft day rolls around. Coming up in our next segment, though, we're going to switch gears here. We're going to head into the second round where I have three more picks that I made in that second round, why I made them. Maybe there's a little bit of player crush in there. I am who I am. I am human. And that's all coming up next. But first, today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season is here. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And guess what? If you are a new customer, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. 1K, 1, followed by three zeros, 1,000. And that's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line, three-pointers scored, threes drained, point scores, everything that you could be looking for. They have that opportunity here for you. And if you really want to cash in, you can combine all of them into a same-game parlay and rake in the money. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. And remember, make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and us here at LockedOn. We are back here at LockedOn Canadians. I am your host. I am Scott Mella. It is a mock draft special for the Montreal Canadiens. And you know why? Because y'all love prospects. I love talking about prospects, even if I am not always an expert. But I had this fun idea to do three three-round mock drafts. And every single time, try and pick different players to see how many combinations I can come up with and what makes the most sense. Going back into our next draft, we're talking about the second round now where the Canadians currently own one pick. Things can change. Maybe we'll do this exercise as we get closer to the draft again when the lottery positions are all squared away. I think that'd be a good thing. Maybe we'll get a prospect expert on and have them make their picks and see how myself and Laura stack up with them. But jumping right back into it, the second round of my first mock draft, which is up on the screen now, Casper Heltunen. I am probably pronouncing that wrong. It's a big kid playing over in Liga in Finland. Stands six foot three, 207 pounds, playing for HIFK in Liga. Just one assist in 27 games in Liga, in 18 games in their under 20 league. 24 points, 18 goals, six assists at the under 18s, six points in 11 games at the under 20 tournament, three points in three games. His season, I believe, is coming to a close soon. There's two games left in Liga for HIFK. He seems like the exact kind of person they take a swing on here. He's dominated in the under 20 leagues. He played for Jokerit, where he had 38 points in 41 games last year, 19 points in the in 17 games in the under 18 league before that he had 18 points in five games in the under 16 league. Remember this is a 17 year old kid and he was scoring over a point per game or close to a point per game in the under 18 and under 20 leagues. It's a very, the talent is there and I'm very curious if he falls kind of uh, like some other of his contemporaries here. I'm hoping he doesn't just because I think he has, a very intriguing skill set that I think the Canadians would be uh, interested in going forward in this. Switching to our next draft here, 
in the second round, 39th overall. Someone that I've talked to Tony Ferrari about and someone that I've learned to like a lot watching Philip Mashar in the OHL. That is Hunter Bruskevich. And I will tell you why. Hunter Bruskevich is someone who just puts up points in the OHL right now, being a puck-moving defenseman for the Kitchener Rangers. His draft rankings are all over the place. Some people have him in their top 21. Some people have him almost in the third round. We've talked to Tony Ferrari. He sees him being a late second-round, early third-round pick. In 59 games, he has 50 points, 5 goals, 45 assists, projected 58 points in 68 games played. Kitchener is not a very good team this year. I think we need to make that clear because we've talked a little bit about this when it comes to uh, Philip Mashar here. The team is led by Francesco Pinelli, who has 79 points in 52 games. Mashar has 42 points in 44 games. Bruskevich is second on the team in scoring. That should tell you a lot of kind of where this team is at. Carson Refkoff, who is also up for draft availability this year, is there. Uh, Danny Jokin was traded there. He was playing for, I believe, the Guelph Storm. And Kitchener tried to turn it around. Did not quite happen. Bruskevich is slowly becoming a draft crush of mine. I think he's a very exciting offensive defenseman. I don't want to say Victor Mete-like because he's a little bit bigger than that, but I think some of the similar skill sets are there, and it's going to be intriguing. Can he develop that next level? And going into our final draft, our second or our last second-round pick here, 39th overall, Oscar Fisker-Mulgaard, a Dane, playing over in the SHL right now, and honestly, Kind of holding his own. He is a, I believe he is a left winger here, if my notes are correct. And it says forward on there, but when I checked other things, it says he's a left winger. Playing in the under-23 league this year, 23 points in 19 games, 6 goals, 17 assists in 40 SHL games. Playing for HV71 in the SHL. Four goals, three assists. Not bad for someone who just turned 18 a couple of weeks ago, February. Played, uh... In Division 1A for Denmark at the under-20s, three points in five games. The highlight packs are not quite out for a lot of these players here, but I saw someone who gets to the right areas and makes plays happen. In the under-18 league last year, 28 points in 15 games. He had eight points in 25 games in the under-20 league. Played a couple of games in Division 1A for Denmark in the under-20 tournament last year. Two assists in five games. He's someone I'm keeping an eye on because I've seen draft people on Twitter, uh, Hattie and obviously Sebastian High being two of them, who've talked a lot about him. I think the skill set's there, and I do think that once he matures a little bit and grows a little bit more, you're going to see a lot of potential out of him. And as we know, Danes in Montreal, sometimes a little bit underappreciated. And when I look at the second round here, it was all over the place. There were opportunities. There were guys that fell out of the first round. There were guys that fell into the third round who also lasted into this. And this is where the draft gets a little crazy because you have so many options. Do you go defense? The Canadians do have a lot of defensive prospects. Adam Engstrom's playing really well over in Sweden right now. Obviously, Logan Mayu is graduating. You have Lane Hudson, who is great. You have Jaden Struble, who is likely graduating. You got to refresh that pool as well. We talked about in the first round, drafting centers and surefire bets. I can see them going defense here. And yes, I realize the only defenseman I picked was Hunter Bruskevich, 
but the appeal of a Casper Heltonen or a um, Oscar Fisker Moldegard, that scoring potential high upside, high skill winger is too much to ignore. And I think the Canadians are going to look to add on defense. Yeah, they're set right now because you have Gooley, you have Barron, you have Harris, you have Jacki, you have all these other options right now who are young, but you want to fill in behind that because what if, God forbid, the injury crisis continues to run rampant here? There are options available for the Montreal Canadiens, especially in that second round. A lot of things can happen, and we don't know. They might add more picks here. And that is kind of what I am anticipating. I'm anticipating them adding another second round pick in here somewhere, whether that be a draft day trade, whether that be a trade once the season comes to an end and the off season begins post Stanley cup before the draft, the opportunities are there for that. And now we're going to get even further away from things where everything goes, starts going off the board. We're going into round three here. We're going to get into my picks. there. all coming up next. We are back here at Lockdown Canadians, and by we, I mean I, because I am your solo host today. I am, of course, Scott Matlin. As always, thank you for joining me, as it is a mock draft special for the Montreal Canadiens. We're going to jump right back into it. First pick of the, or well, first third round pick of the three mock drafts I did, and I picked a center from the London Knights, Denver Barkey. Because if there's someone the Montreal Canadiens have probably seen a lot, lot while watching not only their OHL prospects, but Logan Mayu in particular, it's Denver Barkey playing center for the Knights. He has 55 points in 58 games for the Knights, projected 63 and 67 games. Obviously, the Knights are one of the top teams in the OHL and the CHL. Draft ranking all over the place here from as high as 30th at Dobber Prospects all the way down to 84th by NHL Central Scouting for North American Skaters. As I put this back up on the boards, the Canadians are picking at 71st overall in the third round right now. Which, you know what? He's right in the middle of that. Seems like a pretty good option for me if I were picking in the third round. Maybe not the flashiest upside, but as I look at the London Knights scoring, Sean McGurn, George Giacco, Denver Barkey is third on the team. Eight points ahead of Logan Mayu, Two less goals, which is an impressive feat for Logan Mayu, but... The Knights are a stacked team across there. Oliver Bonk is further down. Ruslan Gaziov, Max McHugh, Ryan Winterton. They added Isaiah George. They've added a lot of pieces that it is no longer years ago, like when it was Christian Dvorak and like Mitch Marner just dominating the score sheet for the Montreal Canadiens. They are doing a lot more to balance out their scoring here and i think that's an important thing to do and as always you can't have too many centers down the middle and we're going to move into our second draft and our third round pick that is grayson sachin who is playing in i believe for the usntdp team right now but i'm going to double check that because i need to pull up his stats here real quick from granbury alberta he is playing for the seattle thunderbirds currently in the whl teammates with jared davidson Point per game, 58 points in 58 games, 68 penalty minutes, plus 36 on the season. Thunderbirds are a very stacked team right now. Jared Davidson leads the team with 75 points, but they just added Brad Lambert before the WHL trade deadline. Uh, They are a team that is expected to make a lot of noise in the WHL playoffs. Uh, Sachin sits fifth on the team in scoring. He's 17 points behind Davidson, who is an overager. 
And behind ahead of him is Kevin Korchinski and Lucas Siona, who have been drafted already. Honestly, in the third round, getting a guy who's playing at that kind of pace on a good team, who's probably been pushed down the lineup a little bit, is not the worst thing in the world for them. And like I said, you can't have too many centers. He's 5'11", 165 pounds. I take the upside on going on points here, to be quite honest with you. He's played really well at every level he's been at. Shattuck St. Mary's under 14 team, 83 points in 54 games, 60 points in 47 for the under 16 team, playing for the U.S. under 17 team, 33 points in 52 games for their junior team in the USHL, 22 points in 35 games, made the jump over to the WHL this year, where he will obviously be there for a little bit. Usually it's rare that I think we see players go from the U.S. development program to the Canadian junior system, but that always changes year to year. Usually they go off on the college route. Maybe this made the most sense. And we're going to wrap up the mock draft here with Tom Willander. Not Wallander, not Walline, which is a mistake I made several times while trying to search this player up. Six foot one, 18 year old. He just turned 18 in February playing in the Swedish league right now. He plays for Rogel. Uh, he's played on their under 18 team and under 20 team this year, 23 points and 37 games for their under 18 team. He's played two games in the SHL this year for Rogel. They're likely very familiar with him. Thanks to the Canadians paying attention to Adam Engstrom out on that side of the pond there. Cause Engstrom's played seven games for the under 20 team, put up 13 points in seven games before graduating full-time to Rogel's actual NHL or not NHL team, SHL team, Patrick, forgive me, where he's put up 16 points in 42 games. We talked about refilling the defensive prospects here. And this seems like the exact kind of person that the Canadians would draft in round three. And the draft rankings are all over the place. He's 16th by NHL central scouting against European skaters. Elite prospects has him at 39 FC hockey has him at 61 Craig Button has him at 15th overall. If he were to fall into round three, I think the Canadians are rushing to the podium for this. And I got to say, I'm all for it. He hasn't really had a chance to crack into the under 20 team for world juniors or anything like that yet. He's played on the under 18 team this year, a little bit for Sweden, four points in 12 games. I'll have to get Patrick's opinion on this too, at some point on the show, because he's probably seen more of him than I have. But I do think that he'd be a great option that late in the draft at 71st overall. And the whole point of this exercise was not to prove that I know a bunch of draft names, because I do. I pick names that I recognized here, and some of those are a little bit biased. Like Hunter Bruskevich is a biased pick for me, because I like Hunter Bruskevich a lot. I kind of liked Alibor Dvorsky, too, but acknowledging that he is a safer pick for this Canadians team a little bit. But the whole point of this is, is that Every time I ran this draft, different players were available at different points in times. And everything will change as playoffs happen, postseason rolls around, draft combine interviews. Look what happened to Shane Wright last year. His combine wasn't good enough for some people, and he fell the fourth overall, despite being the surefire number one for almost two years prior to that. And this is just my plea kind of to Canadians fans here. Take a deep breath right now. We don't know what the Canadians are going to do at the NHL draft yet because we don't even know where they are picking yet. For all we know, they could finish in the bottom four and could end up with Mateev Michkov, which 
you know what would be awesome. I don't, we don't know if they're going off board. We don't know if they're going safer for size or this, or they're going European or college or, you know, OHL, WHL, QMJHL. If they go QMJHL in the top five, I'll be absolutely mind blown because there's no one there for it. The whole point of this is, is that things can change very quickly here. There's still a month of OHL games left plus playoffs, plus the Memorial cup college tournaments are going right now. European seasons are ending. We're going to have the world championships coming up in a couple of months here. And we all know that world championships are time for players like Slavkovsky who boosted their draft stock in a big way there. We're going to see who's going to be that player this year. Cause there's always risers. Colby Barlow is someone I think was a riser right now, but he's having a dominant OHL season. Who is going to be using world championships to raise their stock here? Someone's going to do it. It might be some of these younger guys. It might, I don't think it'll be anyone I have listed here as far as I can tell, but things can change in an instant. The whole point of this was go run the draft lottery thing. Simulate it yourself. It's linked below. You're going to see how quickly things can change. And for the Canadians, it's very hard to have wrong answers at this point. They've got two first round picks. They're likely going to add more here in the near future, just because they've got assets to sell off. who are going to be on contracts that are slowly going to change or they're that year's going to come off that contract and they suddenly become a lot more appealing. That's Mike Hoffman. That's Joel Edmondson. That might be Josh Anderson for all we know. Ken Hughes doesn't mind a draft day trade. Ask me. I was there last year when he did it. This is an all too early look at this before any draft rankings have become solidified. I urge you to go take a look for yourself and just kind of take a deep breath and relax a little bit. Let's let the season play out as it is. Laura and I will do this exercise again later on. We'll do three rounds again, just because that's the easiest way to do that. Because honestly, trying to do more than that, uh, we'd have a seven hour podcast. And as much as y'all love hearing us talk, that is a lot of talking overall. Uh, So please run the mock draft, tweet us what your three round mock draft looks like at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. Tag me at Scott Matla as well in case you really want to get through there. Also, I'm recording this on Wednesday, which means it's releasing Thursday, which means Thursday night after the Habs game. It's the mailbag. Please tweet us your mailbag questions. DM me directly on Twitter as well. If you um, can't get through to the Locked On Canadians account, it means the world to me. You can follow me on Twitter, obviously, at Scott Matla. Check out all of our other shows. Check out Game to Game NHL. Follow your smart prospect experts. Please, please, please. Listen to the experts who do this for a living and use your own analysis on this. It's an all too early mock draft special coming to an end. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and we will see you all next time.